Welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Hello, 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 and welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast. This is episode 22. I am Michael Platten, and you are again. Hmm. I'm Simon Strawn, and this is podcast 22 in the year 2022. Yes. And today we're going to continue on the on vomiting and the symptom series. Uh, we dealt with uh, a general overview of what the term is pathophysiology of vomiting last time. And now we want to kind of touch on why why we vomit. And I think there are a few important points here. So we're going to start off by saying... You're vomiting because there's an infection inside your tummy or your stomach or your intestines that are making you vomit, or there may be an infection outside of your tummy abdomen area that may be making you vomit. Um, if it's inside your tummy or gastric area, then it's uh, an infection that is most often a virus causing what people would to return a term gastro. Um, so the virus is there. It causes an irritation of the lining of the stomach. Uh, so that anything that goes in there irritates the t- stomach, the stomach goes into spasm and starts to contract and blips out it all comes shooting. And it gets very irritated. So if you start, if you keep putting stuff in the stomach, it stretches it too much and it's like, I don't want that. And out it comes. That's exactly right. So we'll talk about treatment, but that's exactly the point. You don't want to, dis- to stretch the stomach. Uh, so you would give the liquids in very small amounts, as, as you may already know. The infections uh, that cause vomiting can also be bacterial, and there are lots and lots of different uh, bacteria that can do it. And they generally also go on to causing diarrhea. So the vomiting phase of these infections, where the infection is, with, is within the gastric and intestinal system, we call the GIT, inside your abdomen, um, usually start with vomiting and then proceed on to causing diarrhea. Mm. Uh, and that's kind of the clue is is there, uh, and they're generally self-limiting and will get better on their own. And the most important thing to do here is try and prevent the dehydration. But, Mike, maybe we should talk now, if you're happy that we've covered sufficiently intestinal stuff. I just, just quickly want to say, with the vomiting, you're going to get vomiting for the first 12 to 24 hours. But that's worse in the first 12 to 24 mm. hours of that infection. That should get better, and normally it's gone by 48 hours. And then your diarrhea starts within 12 hours of that and can last for five days, seven mm. watery stools, as we, discuss, as we discussed in our uh, diarrhea podcast. That's what I wanted to say. No, that's fine. Okay, so outside the stomach. Now, in children, infections in other parts of the body can cause vomiting and diarrhea. Classically, in, in children less than one, any blood infection – Meningitis, uh, ear infection can cause vomiting and diarrhea. It does also happen in older children, but most commonly we're more concerned about it in, in like under ones. So the meningitis story is important because people often say to me, what are the warning signs of meningitis? Um, and it's not just vomiting. It's going to be vomiting with a high fever, vomiting with an irritable child. Uh, yes, in an older child over two or three years of age, the neck may be a bit stiff and they can't put their chin on their chest. But remember, your child has been vaccinated against the most serious forms of meningitis. So if your child vomits, that's not the first thing you should be worrying about. But if your child is vomiting and fever and is miserable and crying and irritable, 
if the soft spot in the front of the head is bulging, then I would say, yes, be concerned about meningitis. But certainly, yes, ear infections and bladder infection can, uh, can cause uh, vomiting. Remember that upper respiratory tract infections or any respiratory tract infection that produces lots and lots of mucus. Children can gag on the mucus and vomit. Children can cough and cough and cough and cough. Uh, and, and the coughing can, can trigger vomiting. Whooping cough, uh, we know, is the typical one there where the children will cough until they vomit. Um, so there, there are other things, um, infections outside of that that can cause uh, vomiting. And then mm. we have a whole group of uh, things we call uh, metabolic. So let's say your child, your child does not have a fever, your child does not have diarrhea, uh, but your child is lethargic and vomiting. Here the important thing is that Instead of going into saying, be worried about this, I'm just putting it there saying there is a group of non-infection causes of vomiting in children that you, we need to think about. So as parents, if there is no fever and this vomiting is ongoing and ongoing and ongoing, always check it out. Always just phone somebody and say, what am I supposed to do about this? Because we need to be checking the child's sugar levels. We need to be checking the other electrolytes in the child's body to be sure that there's not some other metabolic problem. Mm. I think that's about it for the, for the metabolic. Then there's also a structural abnormality. So with babies, sometimes the intestines can move into the wrong place, something we call malrotation. We also have something called intersusception, where the intestine goes into itself. It sort of swallows itself. Mm. It's quite rare. I actually had one last week that came in yeah, with interception. Quite, we've had quite a few in the last uh, six or seven months. Mm. Um, so it, it's definitely around. Yeah. But these fancy terms, the, you always as parents are going to get a clue. Uh, and the clue is vomiting and, and very severe abdominal pain. So whether the intestine can twist in itself or whether it can kind of swallow itself, telescope into itself, whether the child develops some level of blockage or obstruction, children with severe blocked-up intestines from constipation, for example, mm. can vomit. Anything that causes a blockage heading southwards, from north to south, stomach down to the rest. And an important other thing to consider is an allergy. Like, does your child have an allergy to something? Like, Simon, you have a child now, an older child, mm. who has been coming in with recurrent vomiting and a bit of gastro. And the re we now think that his symptoms are because of what wheat. You said we're saying wheat allergy. I think it's probably, I think it's probably gluten sensitive. It's probably mm. gluten allergy and, uh, and possibly lactose intolerance. Um, and that's causing it. But again, you see the situation here is that the, we, we're starting to see a pattern with the diet and the vomiting. Mm. He's not vomiting all the time. He vomits here and he vomits there. So... It's always looking at how frequent the vomiting is happening. What are the other associated things? So you've also, we mentioned here, motion sickness, for example, yeah. vomiting in a car. Uh, we know that if you are dizzy, if you get a little bit of an irritation in your ear and you're a bit off balance, that can, anything off balance. I mean, I know from my, myself, I get, if I get spun around and spun around and spun around, I don't do, I don't do roller coasters and stuff like this at Neither all. Neither can I. Neither can I. <laughs> I just, I literally, I just want to, well, I can't, like sit in, I can't sit in the back of a car for too long. Well, exactly, because you get nauseous. Uh, yes, exactly. And that's disturbing your, your sense of equilibrium. Mm. Um, and, and then I think lastly, and you raised the point earlier about what we call effortless vomiting or vomiting that occurs in the morning. Children wake up, they get up, they vomit. We always then worry about not just a meningitis, but other like things. Pressure that can, in the brain. Pressure in the brain. Mm -hmm. um, so 
the most common is definitely this kind of you've eaten too much, you've had a busy day, or you've got a bit of a tummy bug and there's a bit of a virus. Or food poisoning. A food poisoning, yeah, or mm. that, that kind of thing. That, yeah. But there's always those that don't follow that route. And if there's something about the vomiting that is a bit strange um, in terms of what's coming up, how frequent it is, there's no decent explanation for it. It's happening very often. These things we've mentioned are just to kind of put them in the back of your brain, not to be the red flags and, oh, my God, my child's got this, but just to rather say, let me just check this out. Yeah, so I think if a child is vomiting with fever, we can probably just monitor initially just to see what happens. If he develops, he or she develops diarrhea, then we can treat as a gastro. Yeah. But if you have vomiting without the fever and without the gastro, then we're a bit more concerned. Yeah. So the vomiting is happening a lot and you aren't, the child can't take any liquids in. Uh, if it's happening a certain, where you can't explain it uh, very frequently, if the child's tummy is distended, now, I think the, this is really where we're trying to place uh, the why do we vomit. Mm. But I, I think that's about it. If there's anything else, then just drop us a line or send us a message on Facebook, and then we'll see if we can just update this uh, a bit later. Uh, otherwise, I think that is it. We're going to be going to treatment and warning signs in our next two podcasts. But as always, if your children have allowed you to, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.careforkids.co.za and that's the numeral four and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At Two Peter in a Podcast. At Two Peter in a Podcast. T-W-O, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.